This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, everybody. Good morning, and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. It's the morning break with me, Holly Kingman. We are having a very important conversation, a useful conversation today, about how we can best support Ukrainian refugees as they enter into our school system. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and good morning. Welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio. So as I mentioned at the start there, we are having a very important conversation today. We're going to be speaking to the head teacher of St Mary's Mary's Ukrainian School in London, who is also the chair of the Association of Ukrainian Teachers in Great Britain. And um, she's got some really insightful knowledge and experience that I hope we will all find incredibly useful Um, when welcoming and supporting Ukrainian refugees as they enter into our schools. Um, So, you know, this this topic has been in the news this week. Um, BBC News reported that a headteacher in Kent, of a primary school in Kent, um, has said that um, he wishes something could have been done a little bit higher up. So that's Dan File from Ellen Primary School in Kent. Um, He says that there's refugees. We didn't even get a pack of information on how to support them. Um, and other head teachers are saying things like, what can we find on the internet? That's all we're, we're able to do to try and help these, these students. Well, if you are in that situation, you feel like the government or LEAs or other groups are not giving you, you or your school the support that you need to best support these students, then look no further. Uh, we have the conversation that is needed today. And um, hopefully you be able to use this and um, bring some of these ideas and this knowledge into the classroom. And Inna Rehorovich joins me now. Inna, thank you so much for joining us on Teachers Talk Radio today. Hello, everyone. Thank you. Um, so why don't you tell us a bit about your current role to start with and the usual work that you would undertake at St Mary's? Uh, so in the last eight years, I have been the head teacher of St. Mary's Ukrainian School. We are the school with a long history. We are 65 years old. And uh, in the last few decades, we have been based at uh, 154 Holland Park Avenue at our Association of Ukrainians of Great Britain, London branch premises. Uh, so it's a Saturday school uh, aimed at the preservation of Ukrainian heritage, uh, um, preservation of the culture, traditions, uh, focus on the learning of Ukrainian language, and uh, also trying to show our children with Ukrainian roots, uh, Ukraine as a successful, prosperous, uh, beautiful country. Lovely. Um, it sounds like it must be really rewarding. Of course, it always, it always the work with children is always rewarding, but 
even more to know that those kids come an extra day in the week uh, to yeah. school. So that's a huge commitment on their side on our volunteering team. Um, but at the same time, we found our Ukraine here in United Kingdom. And that's amazing. That helps people with mixed um, ethnicity, mixed uh, heritage to actually preserve the history at the same time it helps to find yourself in this country, if it makes sense. Sure, sure. Most of your, your kids that come to, or you know, prior to the outbreak of war, the children that were coming to your school, um, are they children that were born in the Ukraine and moved here or ones that um, were born here or is it a complete mix? So 80% of children uh, were born here, and we are proud to say that we've got children of second, third, even fourth generation of Ukrainians uh, in wow. Great Britain. Uh, my, hat, my hat down to the parents, a uh, huge achievement, but we still get children coming to UK, traveling with parents, moving to UK with parents. So before the war, we had uh, 265 children, uh, and we're very proud that our number is so high and so many Ukrainians are making such a huge effort to uh, preserve their ethnic roots. Lovely. And um, you're also the chair of the Association of Ukrainian Teachers of Great Britain. What uh, what's that and, and, and what does that involve? Um, we are Ukrainians are located not just in London. So we historically uh, we started from Scotland when uh, the community moved down. So we have our branches all across Great Britain and uh, we have our schools there. So many decades ago, uh, to create the network of Ukrainian schools in Great Britain uh, for experience exchange, for common curriculum for everyone, the Association of Ukrainian Teachers has been established, which has become since then a very solid uh, organization and um, tool for Ukrainian teachers in Great Britain for training and we developed our curriculum aimed at children who learn Ukrainian as uh, their second language or uh, the language they get through their parents and uh, we have our exam board so the children who are with us until year 10 take exams okay. uh, and um, uh, we provide them with a certificate uh, we have our trainings through the session ukrainian teachers so a really solid um, umbrella over uh, the seven well-established ukrainian schools in great britain Great. Okay. And um, I, I mean, I suppose what you're doing is, you know, it's the, like you say, it's that extra day a week to their, the schooling that they're having in the UK. Um, how does the UK school system differ from, tell us a little bit about what the Ukraine Ukrainian, sorry, Ukrainian education system is like. Uh, so the, the, like, even when we start the school, that's already a difference because the children start school at the age of six to seven in Ukraine. Therefore, now when we start getting displaced children in the British schools, we need to bear that in mind because children who will be coming to our year one haven't been into education oh, wow, at all okay. uh, prior to happen to landing in great britain we have uh, we, we also have our education split between primary and secondary however most schools are all through schools so although it'll be 
primary school with their deputy head and secondary school separate, but children very often will be on the same premises. So it will be a softer transition from primary to secondary uh, environment for them. Uh, if we speak of uh, uh, grammar schools, for example, in Ukraine, the equivalent will be lyceums and gymnasiums, and we'll also have GCS GCSE equivalent, uh, SATS equivalent. However, SATS equivalent will come for children when they are year four. I think okay. it will be age-wise, it will be year six in year five in UK, and uh, GCSE will be year nine, and then A levels equivalent will be year eleven in Ukraine. However, um, the system at the same time is different in time. So uh, primary school children are not used to being at school until half three. So usually their sessions will finish slightly earlier. So I think that uh, uh, we'll have to bear that in mind when we transit them smoothly into the British education. And um, also the element of the study books. Uh, the education system in Ukraine is based around study book for every lesson, for every year group. So the children are used to have heavy uh, backpacks to take home with their school books. With So they would take their school books home, they will take their study books home, um, and uh, there will be a huge focus on day-to-day -day homework starting from year one. Okay. That's interesting. So even at the younger ages, they're, they're actually used to doing regular homework. Yeah. Every subject, homework every day. Okay, wow. And, um, what, you know, are, are they studying all of the same sort of subjects that we study here in the UK? Or is there, I mean, we have obviously a strong emphasis on English, maths and science. Um, is that the same in Ukraine? Uh, I think it, yeah, pretty much it will be the same. Uh, our alphabet, though, I think, uh, helps us to learn to read much faster because uh, there are no diphthongs, there are no uh, phonemes, so you read it as you see it. So therefore, uh, there will be a huge focus on the uh, technical element of reading in year one. So all the children will be fluent read readers uh, by the end of year one with a good speed of reading and um, uh, however and then that will transit into writing but i think all the subjects will be pretty much the same so the focus will be similar uh, and with uh, also with the adaptation of uh, the ukrainian education system um, to the elements from european education systems in the recent years uh, has shown that that has been done really successfully um, and uh, many elements have been taken from the British system. So I think the younger ones uh, will have similar systems of the class routines, morning soft start sessions, because a lot of that has been embedded from the British educational system in the recent years. Okay, that's really interesting. So there's there's quite there's been a bit of influence from our system. Yeah. Um, filtered into the the Ukraine. So, um, I mean, on the whole, what is the cultural attitude um, of Ukrainians towards education? I think that's that's a question that uh, stands up really very vividly um, in the schools uh, who already accepted Ukrainian students, uh, because um, education, I think, in Ukraine is. Um, 
mostly the most important element of life. So it's always been very important for people to get the best possible education for their children they could. So you will see huge involvement, parent involvement in their children's education. So parents will <clears throat> try to do their best to support the children at home. So uh, you will, the teachers will see that parents will be asking how they can be helpful. The parents will try to do homework with the children and support them at home. Parents will read with their children. Parents uh, will ask for more homework and will look for extra curricula and uh, outside school sources to push the children further. So um, there is, uh, a huge direction on and I think a big focus among Ukrainian families onto attainment itself rather than progress. So attainment is really important okay. and the parents will be driven by that and the children will be learned like will be learned to actually be driven by the good mark by attainment and uh, trying to challenge themselves and perform better. And uh, we see a lot among parents now who arrive here, uh, their frustration that uh, there are many children moving from Lyceums, as I mentioned, like equivalents to grammar schools and parents, uh, really bright children. Parents are trying to get them into equivalent education here. Um, however, the, there is some language barrier, there are some tests you need to take to get into those schools. But um, that is all explainable because uh, the parents have, like from young age, from the age of three, the parents will try to provide their children with good enrichment program and outside school, and they're used to sourcing that themselves. Do you think that has made the, the children themselves better independent learners, or is it very, um, are they used to really structured learning? They will be used to structured learning, but also what we see Ukrainian children um, age related to the British children will be more independent in practical in everyday life. They would be uh, more independent in routines, uh, in completing homework independently, because that is already embedded through. Well, yeah, I mean, like you say about, you know, bag full of books, I mean, I just I having worked in middle schools and secondary schools in the UK expect you know if I gave a student a textbook and said go home make some notes I'm gonna do a lesson on page 54 later in the week I just can't imagine them going home and reading it and making independent learn, learning notes and and being that solid independent learner so if they've got if they're used to that sort of independent learning then hopefully this that's something that they'll be Will able to use their advantage yeah that should be the advantage because i think that seed and that um, drive that education can give you the future that's what um, uh, i think it's in every country like that every family want to give a better uh, sure, their yeah. education but historically in ukraine that's always been a big focus uh there is never in a limit to education of Ukrainian children. And because the parents are really very supportive, uh, I think that drives those children forward. And moving into English barrier, uh, I think um, that's where maybe some parents will feel a little bit uh, pushed off because the language barrier will keep them 
from being able to push the children further but uh, we try to put all the effort possible at the moment to provide parents with uh, english lessons and children with english lessons so i think giving it a few months um the language barrier they're gonna will, yeah they're yeah. gonna overcome that yeah um and in terms of teaching and learning i are ukrainian children used to having um really highly qualified teachers um are you know our behavior expectations really high what sort of relationships do they have with their teachers i know in um in i worked with an italian group a few years back now and um, but every time i walked into the, the classroom, classroom they all stood up <laughs> and i was not expecting that at all so i mean are there what do they expect from that what are ukrainian teachers like in ukrainian schools i think similar as every teacher there will be a pool of talent among the okay. teachers and uh, uh i think also uh, they will, as the British teachers, try to uh, develop, and especially now that in the recent few years they've been given freedom to explore education, I think they've been uh, um, learning from the experiences of various European countries uh, enriching uh, their teaching uh, practices. You, you, you should be prepared for the children to stand up when the teacher walks into the classroom. So there will be more classical, traditional approach to behavior uh, management. Uh, we have a, a mark system uh, for attainment, uh, for assessment. Uh, and uh, but behavior, I think it should be similar. The children are being children, so yeah, they'll be naughty <laughs> in every environment when they're allowed to, and uh, they will follow the routine and the boundaries if such are set. Uh, so I, I think they will settle. They will settle. Good. That, that's that's really good to hear and really reassuring because undoubtedly there are going to be teachers all across the UK welcoming these students into their classroom and really desperately wanting to do the best possible job to support them um, and teachers workloads as you know are overflowing anyway so um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that lots of teachers will tune into this show today to um, you know grab some real insightful um, knowledge and experience from you to be able to use in their practice um so what's the situation at st mary's um since the outbreak of war I, I i can only imagine that you've become incredibly busy um what has work become what what does work look like now it's been overwhelming and um we expected that we would be at the first port of arrival for ukrainian families because that's their link with home and um, since week three we started seeing the families coming to our door uh however if that was um, 15 families in the first 15 then 20 families so it was growing now we see exponential growth and so far we've accepted almost 200 displaced children to our wow. school so we've doubled our numbers now and um, we have and they just turn up we have another 64 children are uh, already waiting to join us and lots of applications still in process uh so it has been busy but we are expanding we've been really blessed with strong support from the royal borough council in chelsea and uh, westminster 
and their um, departments of standards of education uh, led by Sarah and Human have been particularly supportive. So um, they've put the whole team to provide wraparound support for our school. They've uh, been looking for the extra premises and uh, I can share the great news that uh, Wilberforce Primary School in Westminster kindly uh, let us use their premises on Saturdays. Uh, so and that that made a huge difference because That's great news. congratulations yes and now uh also there are uh, there is the cardinal Vaughan saturday school are offering their rooms for our secondary pupils um so it's really nice to hear that the schools in london um are happy to cooperate and support these children and their preservation of the uh ukrainian roots because it's really important why it is important now for them to be in these Saturday Ukrainian schools, uh, they don't see themselves as uh, refugees, the families don't see themselves uh, staying here, they, um, they still hope that the next week, the next week they are going home, they still see they want to be home, so this is temporarily accommodating them with some safety and some safe skies. And uh, we need, but at the same time, there are lots of children who stay in Ukraine and continue with their education. So when it's safe for these kids to return, we don't want them to be disadvantaged that they've lost the level of their Ukrainian language, they've lost the level of the, their knowledge of literature, history, or geography. So that's our task as a Ukrainian school to move their, their learning forward and their progress forward. That must be really tricky to do because I'm I'm getting are they five days a week usually in school. So what they learn in five days in the Ukraine, you're having to squeeze into a Saturday. But what will happen? Usually they will have the rich curriculum with science, maths, and all the other subjects. So that's why we encourage all the parents to join mainstream schools. And even for their safeguarding, uh, we want the children to be in mainstream schools Monday to Friday. Then we are left for Saturdays to cover the curriculum of uh, just the subjects related to Ukraine, pure, narrowly to Ukraine. It will be still quite a big task to take on, but it's better than just drop it for the next year because we don't know how long it's going to take. So therefore, we do encourage uh, if uh, all the teachers and head teachers around UK, if uh, you you have families coming to Ukrainian families coming to your school, please encourage them to contact St Mary's Ukrainian School, come to 154 Horn Park Avenue, so that they we can direct them how they can preserve that level of Ukrainian education while go while being enrolled in mainstream schools and particularly children of 15 and 16 year olds because uh, we would like them still to sit um, the a levels exams uh, through with a sure yeah. education because at the moment that's their ticket to life sure and that's what they've been preparing for isn't it they'll, yeah. they'll want yeah. to complete those tests and, and to achieve their their mark yeah. um so how many Ukrainian schools are there across the UK? Are, are all refugee children going to be able to access Ukrainian school or is there any online provision for them? 
we we've got we've had we had seven well-established Ukrainian schools across Great Britain. So those were another quite big school in Manchester, then school in Nottingham, Coventry, Bradford, and then Reading, Luton. Uh, there is a school setting up in Gloucester and school in Glasgow. So those schools are now expanding. Okay. Uh, however, we we will we we see already that there will be a need of uh, more premises and uh, more Ukrainian schools set up even in various boroughs of London. So uh, we are asking government for a centralized approach and support in setting up setting up schools like those uh, because uh, to avoid our overwhelm as being overwhelmed and also to provide opportunity for more children to be able to keep up with their Ukrainian education because again I repeat they're not usual refugees they're not planning to stay so we need to preserve at the moment we need to preserve both embed them into British system for a while but preserve Ukrainian for them to be able to return when it's safe so and saying that Another part of that is how do we cater with staff for that amount of children? Yeah, I was thinking that that must be must be a, a complete whirlwind for you at the moment. But while the families coming from Ukraine, there, is, there are a lot of professional among them. And among those professionals, we see a lot of teachers. So we've got 57 applications of uh, Ukrainian teachers recently displaced from Ukraine who are willing to join and support our school on Saturdays. And it's a huge pool of talent teachers who some of them have been teachers of the year in Ukraine. Wow. And uh, that's a fantastic opportunity for us to learn from them, to share our experience, and also for our children to have teachers like that in their classrooms. So um, are you getting some help with the, the funding for, for this? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guessing some of the families, or if not all of the families that have recently joined you, are not going to be able to afford you know private classes and this must be a huge expense for the school i i hope that you're getting some support from organizations or the government not yet we are asking so uh, we've been using the savings we've had uh, the school had and uh, we've been blessed with general support and people approaching us with uh, resources donations like Offering, ch offering children some trips, offering children some resources. Um, so different charities are starting to approach us, I think, because it's all happening so quickly. Sure. The yeah. cooperation is just starting. We are start we've started uh, lobbying government uh, for centralized approach because what we've realized it's not just local authorities' uh, responsibility because the school is based in Home Park Avenue, but we cater for the children across London. So uh, we either need some centralized approach from the the whole circle of councils, local authorities, or government support, um, because uh, to take a commitment like that, and we want to uh, provide the wraparound care for those children, but it's a commitment and to realize the charities have been very kind, but what we've realized recently, you cannot just rely on uh, this 
uh, on charity ad hoc donations. This is commitment that needs some planning. budgeting mm. and planning. Yeah. And uh, the school doesn't just provide academic heritage, uh, academic uh, provision. We've, we've set up English lessons, we've set up uh, art sessions, which will provide some therapeutic, we hope, will support children with their mental well-being. We've provided the English lessons. We are providing English lessons for parents. We're doing the food bank at the hub at Holland Park and a lot of support for the with consultations for parents. We, we ran Easter Holiday Club and we're planning to do the May half term club as well so that the parents, so the children are not stuck just in the room uh and have some enrichment and also the parents can uh, even go to i don't know to the job center to advise bureau to to do some things because predominantly those are moms moms on their own in the country they haven't planned to be in yeah well it it sounds like a well i mean we all know it's a an awful situation for for these women and their children and for their families to be in but it sounds like you're doing an absolutely outstanding job pulling all of this all of these resources together to to keep your culture going their schooling going their integration into society here going you you must be tired <laughs> yeah the team are i'm blessed with the very solid team at Samaras Ukrainian School and at our London branch, branch of the Association of Ukrainians in Great Britain. So they've been working round the clock in the last 70 days and uh, really they've given their heart and soul to support yeah. these people. Sounds but like it. Um, so we're going to very quickly go to the news and hear from our wonderful sponsors. And um, I hope you're all enjoying this conversation today. We're going to be back after the news to uh, talk about uh, the, the situation that these students have found themselves in, um, in terms of starting in UK schools and what teachers in the UK can do to best support them in their journey, in their learning journey. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development Every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Introducing Bulb. 
With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb Digital Portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Michael Fabricant, a Conservative MP for Staffordshire, who suggested teachers enjoyed a quiet drink in the staff room during COVID lockdown, during a BBC interview, has apologised. The Lichfield MP has written a response to the National Association of Head Teachers to explain that it had not been his intention to cause offence or demoralise anyone. Paul Whiteman, General Secretary of the NAHT, said the MP's words were wholly inaccurate and deeply insulting. In his letter, Mr Fabricant states, I thought it might be helpful if I make it clear that it was not my intention to cause offence, let alone demoralise anyone, as some have suggested, and I apologise if I have genuinely done so. I applaud the work of nurses, GPs, and others in the medical and teaching profession who worked long hours under difficult and sometimes impossible conditions during the height of the COVID pandemic to keep us all safe and to educate our children. We all have a debt to them which will be difficult to repay. In a lengthy and wide-ranging interview with BBC Television News, I explained that I was neither judging nor chastising the minority of nurses or teachers who chose to unwind with a few work colleagues after a long shift. Nor did I suggest they were drunk. I know none who were so. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, launched his Education Sustainability Vision at the Natural History Museum on Thursday evening last week. £11,480 was paid to Taste Studios to provide the food, working out at £48 per head. A spokesperson said, The launch brought together individuals and organisations who can help us implement our strategy in order to galvanise support from them, whether through funding resources, 
driving public support and awareness or encouraging youth engagement. The government said that it had to use a caterer from the museum's list of accredited suppliers. Staff were asked not to eat or drink at the event as they were there for work and not as invitees. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, last week I told you about security certificates and how the padlock is not a symbol of a website being secure, but the transmission being encrypted. This week we go a step further and ask how do criminals use this against us? They use something called a subdomain. Just as the prefix sub means below or under, the subdomain is a key to this scam and it can look legitimate to the untrained eye. Subdomains are a way to divide a website into more manageable chunks. For example, for TT Radio, a subdomain could be named Listen. This would read www.listen.ttradio.org. This could be pointed at somewhere other than the main website, for example, Podbean, and allow simple redirection for the user of the website. The issue we face is cyber criminals understand subdomain system and exploit it. So if I were to buy a domain called bank.com and create a subdomain for all popular banks in the UK or even the world and obviously buy a security certificate, I could create copies of banks' web pages in each subdomain and the address would read, for example, HTTPS, oh, it's secure, www.halifax.bank.com. The difference being you're now going to a subsection of my website, bank.com, which happens to be named after a bank. I now start a campaign of emails and texts with a warning to as many people as I possibly can. To make you panic and click without thinking too much, I also add a bit of time pressure into the mix. How does this sound? Halifax alert, you've just paid Steve Woods £500. If this transaction was not organised by you, you have five minutes to log in and cancel. I'm even kind enough to give you the link https www.halifax.bank.com. From there, I collect your login details and empty your bank. Clever, innit? How do we stop this? Always contact your bank directly, not through a link that is sent to you. If unsure, stop and think. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, welcome back from the news and from our sponsors. Tech Guy just always has the best advice. I say it every week. He, um, he's a smarty pants, isn't he? So um, I still have uh, Inna Rehorovich with me, and we are talking how we're talking about how teachers can best support Ukrainian refugees as they begin to enter the UK education system. And it's been a fascinating conversation so far. If you've joined us halfway through. Um, then do make sure that you listen to the first part of today's show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, where we discussed about the Ukrainian school system and what Ukrainian learners are like. Um, it's, it's just been, it's been fascinating in us so far. So thank you very much for, for joining us. Thank you for um, having me today. <laughs> yeah. So um, how, how do you think that you, how do you think your students in your Saturday school and the students that you've been speaking to who are now starting school in the UK, UK uh, mainstream school, how are they coping? Um, what are the initial issues that they are facing in terms of their education? 
I think children being children and they will always show uh, their true character. So uh, uh, regardless of the environment and circumstances, and we would like we would love them to see uh, to see them a little bit naughty, a little bit loud, and just of course, be, yeah, just to be themselves. And um, I think uh, what's important to note now is uh, to before accepting children in like if you know that you've got Ukrainian children coming in, and I think I presume that many schools in London and UK will have a Ukrainian or a few Ukrainian uh, students joining them uh, very soon. Um, have a look around and try to find some information about Ukraine. So uh, when the child comes, you actually can catch them with some interesting facts, especially ask them from which part of Ukraine they are from, some interesting fact about uh, the city they're from, and even maybe uh, show the do a presentation on Ukraine culture uh, to the whole class, so they all know who they are welcoming. If you need some resources, you're always welcome to contact uh, our school, and we'll be happy to share some lovely presentations on Ukrainian culture, short and bright, which will bring the children straight to the point to understand what Ukrainians are like. We are very uh, old nation, but very bright on traditions and especially our cuisine and uh, the clothing, traditional embroidery clothing. Um, I would say uh, a few things to bear in mind uh, would be uh, that um, the children might, some children, if some children might go very loud and can try to splash uh, themselves uh, even like even with the language barrier, some will some might go really quiet. And just bear in mind that that uh, silence might not be the sign of uh, them uh, not knowing how to speak the language, the new language. It might also be the sign of uh, post-traumatic disorder. Trauma, yeah. Yeah, of that trauma. So please take note of that, signpost it, uh, because at the moment, uh, every story or every family is different um how they've uh, uh, how they had to flee what they've seen uh some of them will be from from the towns which don't exist anymore some have seen horrible things on their way out of the country some have fathers at war some have families back home some could only bring one blanket with them of all their favorite things so all those little things might this might start disclosing that in the environment of other children around them who continue living their normal life at home these children are in a new environment to them but at the same time don't try to pay too much attention to them and uh, don't even try to look at them as victims because they we want them to feel normal so yeah. a part of their life has been taken away but if they can continue with normality in a new place new start change uh so i think the teachers around uk know how to deal with that so just uh, trust your inner instincts and uh, follow them um and uh, yeah treat them with love and care but uh, uh also, as uh, mentioned before, listen to what we've mentioned in the first part of the program about the attitude of the parents to education, because that help you a lot. That will help a lot to understand um, 
your child as well and their attitude to education as I, well do you know i think that when um teachers that will be tuning in and listening to this show today when they heard that you know they probably breathed a big sigh of relief of grateful relief that they're going to have the parents on side really wanting to support children in their education so that's that's great news and please do send um do send homework especially i would say the biggest focus uh, make the focus on language because math skills will be quite good among Ukraine children. So those who are education age, Ukraine education age, so seven years upwards, uh, the, the, their maths usually is very, very good. But to push their language, they would have had their English lessons in Ukraine. So they will be able to read, they'll have some basic vocabulary. So if you just nourish that and send some more work home, that will help parents to feel also to also feel useful. That will help to return that um, ability to help your child, which they've lost because they've moved to the new country. And I think many moms feel helpless. They feel that they're not doing enough for their children. So even if that it seems like a silly thing, just a worksheet to do with your child at home or read a book, but that will return a slight bit of routine and normality for those families sure i mean do you think it's um i mean would you recommend for schools to or for class teachers to be inviting the parents or the the mum into school to to meet her in person and and show show her the school talk about the work will will parents want to come into school and have that interaction or are they just you know focused on completing the work at home with their children Thank you. That's a very good question. Something I wanted to share and uh, almost slipped out of my mind. In Ukraine, parents are allowed to come to school into the classroom every day. Okay. When they bring the children in or they collect them after school, they're allowed to come in, look at their work. So there will be daily insight into wow. the work. We're not so, used to that in the UK. No, <laughs> no. So that'll be something that they so I say, oh, will they show us the school? What does the classroom look like? I know that the schools will give the parents the initial visit. Not at all. But yeah. um, if you maybe step outside that box and invite them uh, more often around and show uh, and just speak to them they'll be that will help to smoothen the transition from one education system into another uh for uh parents as well lovely and um have, do you have any strategies that you could suggest for classroom teachers for helping with um, the development of English because lots of teachers, even if they're an English teacher like myself in the UK, we don't have necessarily the experience of uh, teaching English as a language. Now, lots of teachers in London will have had lots of experience working with children where English is their second, third, fourth language. Um, but, you know, right across the country, that's not always the case. So, have you got any strategies or tips or, or anything like that that might be able to help our listeners? Um, the, so definitely those children will need uh, uh, the um, teaching English as a foreign language approach. And although we merge them into the language environment and uh, that will help them to uh, master the language much quicker, uh, some structured teaching of language 
really ha would help in that. Uh, so uh, I would, and the children will be used to uh, learning the language uh, through the grammatical aspect. So many of them will have a solid understanding of what present perfect or present progressive or past progressive is. <laughs> Probably more than UK kids will. <laughs> Sometimes we do see that, yeah, there were no singular plural, so they will know those rules. Um, so if you pick up, uh, there are there are resources of uh, online and uh, available online, and I'll be happy to share if you contact me through our St. Mary's Ukrainian uh, school um, email, uh, I will be able, I will be happy to share some tips uh, where you can find uh, resources available on how to teach uh, English uh, um, structurally as a foreign language. Uh, we've, uh, uh, our staff, uh, staff united with other teachers uh, across Europe to develop resources on Twinkle to translate uh, some resources. So we've got English Ukrainian resources for teachers and children on Twinkle. So you can refer to, to that. Twinkle has always been a savior when it comes to language yeah. resources. That is, that is a great, that is a great tip. I had no idea that that was available. Um, there are hundreds, more than a hundred resources available on Twinkle. Fantastic. Uh, so that will be a good start to print the mat, the word mats, and even to build vocabulary. Um, if you have families who really struggle um, to communicate with, if parents have no English at all, and you really want to run a meeting with them, and and you have no access to Ukrainian translators, please do contact our hotline. And if that's okay, I'll share it now. Contact our hotline, and we will happily um, help you translate. There are volunteers available to just drop into the meeting on the call and translate for the family to help them settle uh, better. So the number is 020-3034-2060. Uh, don't That's be shy. amazing, Anna. Do you want to do you want to just repeat it again? 020-3034-2060. That's excellent. Um, I'm I expect you probably will get a few calls from uh, desperate, frustrated parents and teachers trying to have those important conversations. That's a, such a help. What what a useful resource. Um, and you touched on before about um, if children are quiet, it might not be because of their language skills. Uh, it might be because of how they're feeling. Um, Lots of teachers might not have had experience working with children who experienced trauma um, in the way these children have. Um, is there anything that they should look out for or any ways they can support children who have been through this traumatic experience? I think most of us teachers have never been prepared to deal with trauma of that scale. And um, I think it's always a challenge. Uh, for us and i think it's important uh for leadership team to look into that and uh, not just from perspective of support for the displaced children but the staff themselves because what have now having accepted 200 children what i see among my staff is that in the end of the day they question themselves oh they've disclosed this was my answer correct have i done good to them or have i done worse so what we've seen is not escalating, not beating too much, try to make your, if the child starts disclosing, listen to them and make 
a normal comment of support you would usually do in any context because any escalation or going deeper can cause uh, further trauma but definitely signpost that we've seen that many children were disclosing during art and um, whether that's the time when their um, nervous system just let it go and uh, they all of a sudden drawing choosing bright colors and drawing painting the Paddington bear they would start disclosing the story of the evacuation and just just talking to the picture and just uh, revealing that so be that ear um but do signpost that please uh we are new to this we are seeking advice and we go in our um the staff in ukrainian school are going to have uh some trauma training from um, children war charity uh and uh, they've got a program of uh, support um, with trauma uh and some training on that so once we've got some tools i think we would be happy to share as well but that's something for all of us to look into yeah um absolutely and i'm i can imagine that leadership teams in schools that are accepting these students will be very closely supporting their their staff as best they can but um that's really insightful to to know about art um so it, it, it's a difficult time for you for your school for, for these children what are your hopes and dreams for these children for the future i think we like the biggest hope we have at the moment is safety and peace for every child in ukraine um every time i see a new family on our doorstep it's an overwhelming emotion of relief that this is there is one family less in danger and they are safe now and a reminder that there are millions more still in the basements in the shelters and uh under shooting and under attacks uh I know that they will have these children, this, this is another generation living with trauma of war, but I do hope that we all stick to the duty of support to those children, not just for a year or two, we'll have to support them. I think the world has a duty of support to them for almost life, because for, for life, because um, uh, they, they they shouldn't have they mustn't uh they uh, they're no different to our to any other child in the world uh i just want them to be happy i just want them to be at home and saying to be at home many of them have no home to return to and i can't imagine what it feels like to have uh, no attachment anymore so to start building from scratch all the memories wiped off and i know the children heal quickly but it depends on us adults how we are going to earn their trust back because they've lost trust to the world they've lost trust to the grown-ups so step by step we've got to build it back and it's on everyone who will come across the child yeah some um some important reflection there for us to to close on I'm sorry that it's on a sad note, no, but it's a it's a it's a difficult topic um, and it's important that we have these conversations. Um, 
and I, I'm sure you already feel the support from from everybody. Um, all teachers across the UK really desperately want to do the best possible job by these children, and and they will. Teachers don't come into the yeah. profession without caring about the the children that they work with. Um, so, and on this note, can I just add? We really, I want to express huge gratitude to the whole Britain and all the British people who've shown enormous kindness towards Ukrainian people. And when we, not just those who come here, people back in Ukraine, the support it has been and it's coming from every angle and that helps Ukraine to stand. That inspires them to the thought that people somewhere else care and do extra to help Ukrainian children, to help Ukrainian people. Uh, that's priceless. We we're really, really very, very grateful. Well, you know, we we couldn't not we couldn't not do do what we do, and you included. What what you're doing for um, for these children is wonderful. Um, in a, it has been absolutely fascinating hearing about Ukrainian school systems, students, your culture, um, and taking on board your your excellent advice about how we can best support these students. So um, thank you so much for joining us on Teachers Talk Radio, and maybe we'll we'll have you back further down the line, and we can look at how this has all all evolved. I'd, I'd love to continue the conversation. Thank you for having me today and uh, just repeat so teachers if you need advice you need our support, please do contact St Mary's Ukrainian school we will be happy to work together. Lovely, thank you Anna. Bye. Uh, so, uh, wow, gosh, so much for us to take away from that conversation. Um, if you caught some of the show today, but not all of the show, then uh, fear not. If you pop over to my Instagram page, which is uh, Holly's Classroom, um, I will be sharing some of the tips and insights that Inna shared with us on my Instagram stories over the next few days. And I will, of course, be sharing them over on Twitter as well. So you can join the conversation there using the hashtag uh, TT Radio. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your experience and your input on this topic. So uh, that is it for this week. I will be back next week on the morning break, Thursday next week, 11 until 12. I've got some really brilliant shows lined up over the next few weeks, uh, including um, a show about um, leaving the classroom, but not leaving teaching and how you can set up your own successful tutoring or education business at home. Uh, in your pajamas why not <laughs> uh, so i will be sharing more in the coming days about the shows i've got lined up for the next few weeks uh, but for now don't forget to check out all of our past shows over on spotify or wherever you collect and listen to your high quality podcasts and of course join the conversation on twitter and on instagram uh, that's it for today wishing you all a lovely week ahead and see you next week You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.